When this message was preached at Edgewood in Rock Island, we gave everyone a puzzle piece when they came into the worship center. Imagine you have a puzzle piece in your hand. This will serve as a reminder that you are a valuable part of God's picture for His church. We're in this together. Did you know every snapshot of the church in the New Testament is a group picture? Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street. And when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. In part one of this message, we looked at three ways we are like puzzle pieces. One, each piece is distinct and yet united with the whole. Though we are one, we are also unique. God dreams of a church where black and white, Hispanic and Asian, rich and poor, farmer and business person, couple and single, married and divorced, widow and widower, cop and convict, student and senior citizen, reformed prostitute and rambunctious preteen, former addict and faithful attender, lifelong saint and new believer can all join hands and celebrate our design diversity with unfettered unity. Two, each piece is indispensable and no one is inferior. Every part of the human body is designed to work in sync with every other part of the body. A foot may feel less important than a hand and an ear may feel mediocre compared to an eye. Paul is establishing the truth everyone is valuable and necessary. The phrase, not make it any less a part of the body, is used twice to emphasize that no one should have a sense of inferiority or feel like they don't matter. The smaller pieces in God's puzzle, called the church, are just as important as the more visible ones. No one is inferior because everyone is indispensable. The church will never function as God intends if you and I don't fulfill our individual roles. Three, each piece is divinely designed and perfectly placed in the body. When we fully grasp this truth, we will experience freedom and joy like we've never had before. God made you just the way He wanted you. You have been designed to reflect His purposes. He has shaped you for spiritual significance. Listen now to part two of a message called Care for One Another. So God has placed you in his church for his delight. It's all about him. It's not about us. And for his pleasure. Psalm 135, 6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. And he doesn't make mistakes. That means when we question the size or shape or color of our piece of the puzzle, uh, we're really questioning God. When we refuse to interlock our peace with others, we disengage while we're really disobeying God. When we make a commitment to connect with Christ and with his people, he is pleased beyond measure. Number four, no one is superior, but everyone is essential. So now we go on the other side. So he addresses those who feel inferior. Well, now he's got a word to those who feel superior. Verses 19 to 21, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So listen, we're not to demean our gifts, nor are we to despise the gifts that other people have. The human body is an incredible masterpiece, and it's amazing what a body can do when all the parts are working together as they should. 
Now, as you look at your portion of the puzzle, you compare it with those around you, well, you'll quickly discover that your piece looks different than other people's. The shape of your piece and the location of where it fits in God's picture of the church is distinct from everyone else. There's never been anyone like you. And there'll never be anyone like you again. And that's a good thing for some of us. You know, that's one of the reasons I'm against cloning. I wouldn't want another me walking around. (laughs) A sea captain and his chief engineer were constantly arguing about who had the most important job. And they didn't get along. They were always going at it. And because they couldn't agree, they decided to swap places. So the chief engineer went up to the bridge and the captain went into the engine room. A couple hours later, the captain ran up to the deck of the ship covered with oil and soot. He wildly waved a wrench in his hand and he yelled these words, Chief, you'll have to come down to the engine room. I can't make her go. To which the chief replied, Of course you can't. I've run her aground. (laughs) So your contribution to the kingdom is unique. Your role is essential. Having said that, we must guard against thinking that we're more special than those around us. Instead of believing our peace is prominent and everyone else's is a poor imitation, we need to get this straight. Everyone is shaped differently. But differently doesn't mean deformed because we all need each other. God has designed us to be mutually dependent upon each other. Now, the church at Corinth had many issues, pride being right at the top. Verses 22 to 24, Paul reminds them every part of the body is important. On the contrary, he writes, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are actually indispensable. Even those parts of our own bodies which are unpresentable are important. What does that refer to? Well, it refers to the body parts we keep covered for the reasons of modesty, which shows how important they are. So in a similar way, the pieces of the puzzle that are never seen, and I wonder, what are those? What are pieces of the body we don't see? Well, I I thought of two areas, like prayer, Like, I don't see the impact your prayers are having, and my guess is you don't see mine, but boy, are prayers important. Or generosity. We don't see what others give, but God uses generosity as an important, important contribution to the body. Listen, you will never care for Christians or non-Christians, for that matter, if you believe that you're somehow more special, more important, or better than they are. God has placed you to live out your purpose in this place for his pleasure. Number five, each piece is interconnected, not independent. Look at the last part of verse 24. We see the principle of interconnectedness. Your puzzle piece is designed to lock together with those around you in order to form what God has designed for the church. It's God's desire for each member to intermingle and inter. Lock, verse 24, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. The word composed in the King James reads, half tempered together. It means mixing, commingling, coalescing of two elements so that they become one compound. Well, we see that in Genesis 2.24, where God says the two shall become one flesh. 
I heard about a poor family that couldn't afford a Christmas tree, so they waited until late on Christmas Eve. They were at a tree lot. They found a tree that looked okay on one side but was really bare on the other. Then they picked up another one that was full in the front and scraggly in the back. They nervously offered $3 to the salesman, hoping he would take the money, and he accepted because nobody else wanted the trees. Well, later that night, the salesman was walking down the street. He saw a beautiful tree in the couple's apartment. It was thick. It was well-rounded. So he knocked on their door, asked them how they got such a beautiful tree, and the husband showed how they had worked the the trees close together where the branches were thin. They tied their trunks together. The branches overlapped, and they formed a tree so thick you could no longer see that there were two brothers and sisters. When you and I are put together just right, a stunning makeover takes place. God loves to take us with our weaknesses and tie us together with other scraggly people in order to make the beautiful body of Christ. Hey, for better or for worse, We're stuck with each other. (laughs) Why? Because we're stuck to each other. This welding together of lives within the body of Christ provides a couple challenges. Challenge number one, let's make sure we're promoting unity. Look at the front half of verse 25, that there may be no division in the body. The phrase no division means no dissension, no faction, no schism, no tear. Second challenge, practice mutual care. That's the back half of verse 25. But that the members may have the same care for one another. That phrase, same care, means to be anxious about, not filled with anxiety, but to be so concerned about other people, you do what you can to help alleviate that need. All of that is described and lived out in Acts chapter 4. Verse 32, and then verses 34 to 35. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. Look at the result. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to any as a had need. Verse 26 fleshes this out for us. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member's honored, all rejoice together. So if one member's hurting, others should rally around to help. And that's what you do. I see it all the time. Verse 27 provides a great summary statement. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. This isn't an optional add-on or something that might happen later. If you're saved, you are the body of Christ right now. We do life together because we belong to each other. The word member means a portion or a piece. You are a piece of the puzzle God is putting together at Edgewood. Now, how many of you are dissectologists? No one? Well, let me try a different question. How many of you enjoy putting together jigsaw puzzles? Well, you're a dissectologist. I had to Google that too. (laughs) So apparently COVID has caused a huge resurgence in puzzling this past year. There's even a new category of people. Didn't know that. Here's what you're called. 
pandemic puzzlers. <laughs> the largest puzzle manufacturer is now making two to three times more puzzles than ever before. And so I thought it'd be helpful to hear from some dissectologists. So Wednesday morning, I made a post on Facebook. It was a simple post with a simple question. If you like putting jigsaw puzzles together, could you share your tips and tricks? I wasn't prepared for the response. It blew up. Within 24 hours, 116 comments. Well, I'm going to share some of that insight, but I'm also going to make some spiritual application to our lives. It'll be brief. And I want you to look again at your puzzle piece and think about how that piece illustrates what we've learned together today. God has placed you to live out your purpose in this place for his pleasure. Number one, study the picture on the box to see what you're creating. So you and I must keep God's purposes for the church in the front of our minds. Become familiar with what God is calling us to be and then consult that often during the process. Number two, seems simple but has to be done. Dump the pieces out of the box. So you and I will never become what God wants us to be if we keep everything packaged up with nice shiny cellophane on the front. We just keep it on the shelf. The same with salt, right? If salt stays in the salt shaker in our cupboard, it can't help take uh, slow down decay. Same with light. If you keep light, hide it under a bushel. It's not around darkness. It doesn't do its work. Number three, things look chaotic and messy at the beginning. One person said this, the best thing is to keep it in the box because it's a chaotic mess. They don't even want to look at it. Another person said, my trick is to not do puzzles. They're too confusing. Hey, listen, following Jesus is messy especially at the beginning. Uh, it's messy the whole time, isn't it? But it can feel chaotic and confusing. Number four, turn all the pieces right side up. <laughs> uh, we're not much good if we're upside down. <laughs> but you know, odd-shaped pieces are actually easier to work with, so be encouraged if you're an odd-shaped piece. <laughs> Number six, separate into colors. Uh, that's not good advice. That's why I put a line through that one. It might be a good, good piece of advice for you pandemic puzzlers, but it's not good advice for the church. In fact, we do way too much of that, don't we? We like to be around people who look like us, who talk like us, who believe the same way we do. Number seven, find the four corner pieces. <laughs> when someone came in last night, they asked for a corner piece. <laughs> There's 2,000 pieces in this puzzle. But I'm told that's really helpful to find what is foundational and build off of it. Related to that, number eight, work on the outside border first. Here's the application to that. We must always start with the word of God and don't live outside the boundaries. If you do, what happens? Well, number one, it's sin. Number two, you're going to blow up your life. 
So stay within the boundaries of God's word. Things work best when we stay within God's parameters. Number nine, find the central subject and work to complete that. Puzzlers say pick a prominent part of the puzzle and collect pieces that look alike. Application. Keep Christ at the center of everything you do. Number 10, put together small portions to form mini puzzles. Now, it's good to get in a discipling relationship or to join a growth group to live out God's word in community. Might be a men's Bible study Tuesday morning, women's Bible study Wednesday morning. So that's 10 well, I have 10 more, so let's keep going. Number 11, find a friend to help. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Number 12, this is helpful. Don't force a piece to fit if it doesn't. <laughs> if you do, you'll bend the corners and another piece will be prevented from taking its rightful place. Pieces fit where they belong. It's always better to find a ministry fit that's right for you. Number 13, change your angle to get a new perspective. Sometimes it's standing back and look at what you're creating. Go back to the scriptures. God, what do you say about this? Consult a godly brother or sister for their counsel. Number 14, find a puzzle you can complete. <laughs> it's important to start small <laughs> and build up. One grandpa wrote this, if the 1,000-piece puzzle becomes too hard and frustrating, I quickly put it away and scale down to the grandkids' large 20-piece puzzle. <laughs> Number 15, work on one piece at a time. That's good advice. Do the next thing in front of you. God, what do you want me to do next? God, how can I obey you now? So one person said, putting a puzzle together is like life some days. You never know what piece to pick. Number 16, never give up. We're called to persevere even when we encounter problems. Uh, one Edgewood member speaks for many of us. I start with a few pieces. If it doesn't work, <laughs> I throw it on the floor, stomp on it, and then burn it. I don't like puzzles. Patience is a virtue that needs some work. <laughs> Number 17, concentrate and focus. It's hard to grow unless we're focused. One mom, one mom wrote this. Get distracted with life and kids. Dogs knock pieces on floor or chew on them, therefore losing pieces before life allows you to come back to the puzzle for days at a time. Scoop all remaining pieces up, throw them in the trash with the box, vow to never do puzzles again. <laughs> Number 18. Oh, this is really helpful. Make sure you have all the pieces. Every piece is important. And every person has a place here. One wise shopper said, never buy puzzles from Goodwill or Salvation Army. There's always a piece or two missing. <laughs> I think my favorite response in all of these is from one husband who wrote this. Puzzles are easy. Grab a piece off the table. Place piece in pocket. Come back when the time is right and place the majestic last piece in. <laughs> <laughs> Number 19, make the most of the process and enjoy it. We're to find joy in our journey with Jesus. No matter how chaotic, no matter how messy, no matter how upside down it seems at times. And number 20, 
keep referring back (laughs) to the picture on the box. Keep your eyes focused on what God is building because it will give you direction. Well, let's consider now how we can put this message into practice. Number one, take the next step in connecting to this body. If this is your first time here or you've been visiting for several weeks, we're so glad God brought you here. That's not by accident. May I encourage you to keep coming if this is the place where you sense God leading you to contribute your piece of the puzzle. Or God may have another place for you, but find that and plug in. And I urge you to join with a group of people who can help you when you're down and whom you can help when they're down. Perhaps you're ready to become members. A couple got, became members just last service. The key, whatever it is, take your next step. Number two, figure out how you fit and then plug into God's puzzle. God wants us to be involved according to our giftedness. There's a ministry here that's a perfect match for who he's made you to be. It was Teddy Roosevelt who is known to have said this phrase, do what you can with what you have where you are. Number three, ask God to give you a practical way to come alongside someone this week. You you do know, don't you, that there are needs all around us? There's a lot of hurt right now. There's a lot of pain. There's people who aren't comfortable going out yet. There's people who are dealing with loneliness Stress levels are high. People have relapsed. There's a lot of hurt and pain. As God brings someone to your mind, pray for them. Send them a note. Give them a phone call. Reach out in some way to help them. Provide financial assistance. Remember, we're called to care for people, not cure them. That's God's job. Number four, be vulnerable and ask for help when you need it. So when you and I are authentic, others will feel more comfortable opening up. And number five, invite others to discover their place at Edgewood. So I don't know how many will gather with us this weekend. Let, let's say maybe 500 when, when after all three services. But this puzzle has 2,000 pieces. I, I wonder if you could take your puzzle piece home and put it somewhere where you can see it and use it as a reminder that there are people who aren't connected. Determined to reach out to your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors, your relatives as we live on mission wherever God has put us in our neighborhoods, in our workplace, on our campuses. (laughs) I've always liked the church sign that says this, what's missing from CHCH? You are. (laughs) Several centuries ago in a mountain village in Europe, a wealthy man wanted to leave a legacy, so he decided to build this beautiful church building for the town. When it was finished, everyone marveled at its beauty, its completeness. This guy thought of everything until someone asked a question. They said, well, where are the lamps? How will it be bright enough in here to have services? Well, the nobleman pointed to some brackets up on the walls, and then he gave each family a lamp, and he said these words, each time you are here, the area where you are seated will be well lit. Each time you're not here, that area will be dark. And that's to remind you that whenever you fail to come to church, some part of God's house will be dark. God has placed you as a strategic piece in his kingdom work. You are an important part of the mission and ministry of Edgewood. God has placed you to live out your purpose in this place all for his pleasure. I close with these words from Annie Flint. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. 
He has no feet but our feet to lead men in his way. He has no tongues but our tongues to tell men how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. What if our hands are busy with work other than his? What if our feet are walking where sin's allurement is? What if our tongues are speaking of things his lips would spurn? How can we hope to help him and hasten his return? God has placed you to live out your purpose in his place for his pleasure. Thanks for joining us for On Mission. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, go to edgewoodbaptist.net or download our free mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play by searching for Edgewood QC. If you don't have a church family, we'd love to have you as a guest at one of Edgewood's three weekend services, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 1045. We have a full children's program during both Sunday services. My name is Matt Williams and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island, Illinois.